And this week on Over Here, we're here with Seth Weaver, uh, trombonist, vocalist, big band leader, arranger. Uh, man, what else are you doing here? Like, <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> what do you? So explain that first. How did you? Have you always been singing? Was that something that you pursued in, in tangent or, or in combination with trombone? How did that happen? Well, I um, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I've been singing for for uh, songs I can remember. Um, in I think it was third grade, we had a really amazing uh, choir director, and he basically his class was cut, and we had to decide whether we were going to go to to recess or go to his rehearsal. And so uh, a bunch of us. We loved it, so we went, in. and that's the earliest memory I have of of that. But yeah, so quite a while. <laughs> so, did you have you found um, a weird dynamic in whether or not you feel like you identify more as a trombone player or as a vocalist? Like, are there people yeah. that think of you only in one of the roles versus the other? And is that something that you felt like you had to struggle with, like one outshining the other? Definitely. I mean, over the years, I've tried to basically think about them in a really similar manner. Um, and it just so happens I'm a baritone singer and uh, I have a baritone range and the trombone is the exact same range as my vocal range. So um, I basically just tried to, as much as possible, kind of be both. <laughs> uh, there's definitely, you know, times where I'll be singing a ton and uh, there'll be times where I'll just be playing, but um, I, I really, trying to just be like, this is, you know, uh, what I am. I'm also a singer and, and a trombonist. So, uh, yeah. So answer, to answer your question, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, I mean, I feel like that helps though a lot, you know, like I, yeah. I feel like we're as an instrumentalist, you're always told, you know, sing more, sing more, like sing while right. we play, like singing and that, that connection, uh, helps. And, you know, of course you're learning lyrics. Right. Um, that, that's true. Yes. Which, which is beneficial. So how did that carry over to the, to the big band then? when it comes to uh, your yeah. arranging? Is that like, I'm sure you take it in a different consideration, whether you're trying to sing on a track or trying to play on a track or, or whatnot. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I've been arranging for uh, a while, um, went to university of North Texas and I started arranging mostly there. Um, and uh, I always, you know, written uh, charts that uh, had, <laughs> featured me. Uh, and recently I, uh, tried to get away with from that as much as possible. My next project is going to feature a whole bunch of different people, but, uh, you know, I constantly go back and forth between playing my charts. I'll have like one that'll be just, I can do either. It can be a vocal feature or a trombone feature because, um, and I sometimes just want to play it instead of sing it or sing it instead of play it. So I can just switch off. Um, so, uh, yeah, both. <laughs> now, that's so you, you, you say like you write a lot of stuff that features yourself. Was that? Yeah. Why, why was that? Was that just a thing of like out of necessity at the time? Or like, is that something that you've struggled with? Because I'm sure that's a little weird to, to write yeah, the it, and then bring it to people and be like, play this and it features me, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, um, what I, the past few years, basically I've adapted all these charts and I always every gig I have everyone in the band take a solo. That's super important to me. 
<clears throat> and so I organized the set in a way that everyone gets a feature. So over the years, it's kind of like morphed into, okay, well, this is actually going to be an Alta feature or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but in, in the, in the very beginning of all this, uh, I was like bringing in my charts to, um, Dallas bands to read through and play. And I was learning, you know, how to get everything together. And, uh, also just kind of, um, one of my first experiences was, uh, working with big bands was this band that played, uh, Count Basie's book. And it's called the, uh, basically Basie Big Band and didn't. And it was this amazing, amazing thing. Had a huge following. And actually, I think they're still doing it every other Thursday in Denton, Texas. But um, I used to bring in charts there. Um, and instead of, I didn't have any money. So instead of buying uh, like Frank Sinatra charts, I would just write my own. And so that kind of what started the whole uh, process actually was just, you know, if I wanted to sing this song, I would just write it and then bring it in. And uh, they were really kind to me and let me experiment with all these mediocre charts that I was writing at the time. <laughs> so do you um like ideal setting, you know, not the yeah. setting of we're trying to make a living as a musician, you know, would you, yeah. would you, do you feel more comfortable and, and whatnot in front of a big band and in that setting versus a, a small group or how do you work with That's that dynamic? Um, I love both, uh, big band. I just, I really love the community aspect of it. Um, it's like a family gathering now with the big band cause we've had a, a monthly gig for like four or five years now. Um, and so it's a, it's a really strong community and I really love that. And I've met so many amazing musicians and people over the years through these big band gigs, which has been invaluable to me. Um, however, it's like small group. I, uh, gonna start, uh, a lot of things in the works, but, um, I love the, uh, ability to stretch out in small group and, you know, really get into some stuff and that you not necessarily can get to with big band because it's more, uh, about the arrangement instead of the, um, n not always the case, but most, most of the time if the arrangement is very, uh, built in a specific way, but as a small group, you have a lot more freedom to take more chances. Somebody can take five, six choruses and it doesn't seem like the longest song ever. Sure. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I love both. Uh, and, but currently over the last few years, it's been big band land hundred <laughs> percent. That makes sense. So who would you say, you know, outside of, uh, like mm -hmm. you've already mentioned your, your fan of Basie, you know, yeah. throw it out there and I'll, go ahead and group in all of the various arrangers, you know, that ever did anything yeah. for that band. Um, yeah. Who inspires you today? Big band wise and that you're checking out and that yeah. you're, you're trying yeah. to learn something from. Oh my gosh. Uh, there are so many, uh, I've always, uh, let's see. I love Basie, uh, so much, uh, all of the older big bands of, of that era. I mean, I've listened to, I love Duke Ellington, like er everyone in that era. Um, and I've tried to listen to the whole spectrum starting back as far as possible and then going all the way up today. And there, and lately I've just been really honestly listening to a lot of, uh, arrangers in the city that, um, are doing amazing things. There's so many great big bands in New York City and all over the United States and, and the world that um, have great, really uh, cutting edge 
people that are trying new things, trying new sounds and everything. And, um, it's, it's great to get opportunity to play in them because then you get to, um, really dive in and I look at everyone's scores, whatever I'm playing, someone's big fan, <laughs> checking out what they're doing and uh, try to learn as much as possible from everyone. Yeah. Hmm. So did you, uh, th this is really, because you know, you're, you're doing the big band thing, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's certainly a difficult, um, task to undertake. And so what are like some of the things you've run into as a band leader that are difficult, you know, cause that's a completely different game yeah. than if, you're just a side man, you know, and you're just called to play the gig. You know, there's a lot more logistics that go into it. And a lot of things I'm sure, you know, you might've not originally yeah. thought of, but over the years you've, it's certainly been a little bit more on the front of your mind. Oh my gosh. Yes. The, uh, I've learned so much over the last few years, mainly from probably mistakes or things, uh, that, uh, I was like, wow, should have done that differently. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that on Saturday. I had a, I was playing with another great big band writer and, uh, his big band and I was just playing trombone and I was sitting there and he was trying to figure out how to fit everyone on the stage. And there's just, it was, you know, it was like, where are the trumpets going to go? Where are the trombones going? I was just sitting there and be like, wow, been, been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's, yeah, it's, there's so many people. I think that's the, the thing that makes it difficult. Honestly, it's, it's 17 people. Um, and getting them all in one place, organizing, you know, funds to, to do this, um, just, you know, organizing rehearsals and gigs and stuff like that can just take a tremendous amount of time. And, um, I've gotten hopefully better at it over the years. And so it's not as much of a hassle, but I mean, just putting a, a big band book in order. You know, that could take several hours, like the whole set, you know, um, just just that alone, just putting the music in order for an hour gig could take, you know, <laughs> a whole morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess to the people who are not uh, regular freelance musicians that might be checking this out. Yeah. Can you explain uh -huh. what a normal um, Big Bang gig looks like to you? Like, let's say you got a gig coming up. How's that structured? Yeah. Because I think so many people get into this habit. Of like, especially while you're in school or college, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we're yeah. gonna have two rehearsals this week, and it's like, well, that's not a thing, ever. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely. That, yeah, that's a really great point. the The difference between uh, school and outside of school, I think, the honestly, the biggest difference is the rehearsal time. Um, <clears throat> when I was going to North Texas, we would have four big band rehearsals a week for an hour, and then trombone sectional. So you know, we're looking at five hours and then you spend your own time working on the music yourself. So it's a tremendous amount of time. And then you got two gigs and they're both really tight because you've been working on the music and, you know, everyone feels super comfortable. But then when you get out of school, uh, uh, that changes pretty drastically. Right, right. Um, yeah, because everyone is, you know, everyone's trying to make a living and uh, big band is, is not necessarily the best way to go about, um, you know, paying for your rent, uh, because probably the, the pay is lower than, than are the gigs. So <clears throat> that is, you know, probably the lowest thing that you're, you know, it's like, it's super, usually super fun. You know, it's like creative, lots of people, you get to meet people, all that stuff, but financially it's not very, um, Great. So, uh, you know, to organize a big band and have rehearsal for the gig that pays mediocrely, 
uh, is really hard to get everyone at the rehearsal that's on the gig, almost impossible. Um, and so what I've done lately is um, <laughs> try to keep them as consistent as possible, but it's really tough, you know, uh, to organize again around 17 people's super busy schedules where every, everyone's doing a million different things. They're, you know, playing in like seven, 70 different bands, yeah. rehearsing all the time with, you know, teaching all this stuff. And uh, so that the rehearsal and the rehearsal time is, is not there as much. Um, so having these consistent gigs for me has been so great because um, before we did the, my most recent record, um, we had played the music, you know, every month for a long time. So uh, even if someone didn't make a gig, it was just really getting the music really worked out over the year before he recorded, which was really helpful. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's been a huge difference. And I discovered that, you know, like week one getting out of school, I was like, Oh gosh, no one can make the rehearsal that's on the gig. Right. <laughs> right. Now did you, well, hmm. you know, I feel like projects like that or something mm -hmm. or someone, you know, if it's uh, something bigger than like a, a trio or a quartet or something. Right. Um, yeah. kind of scares a lot of people outside of the logistics because they feel that they are, um, like, and you've kind of hinted at a little bit that like, it's not the most profitable gig right. ever. Right. Um, right. how did you ever grasp with that? You know, cause I'm sure, you know, and by no means do you have to talk specifics, but I'm sure there's been times yeah. where you're like, I might have to bite the bullet here and, and pay a couple guys out of pocket to do this, you know? And how did that, how did that work in imbalance with, you know? Well, I'm Seth Wheeler. I, I need to make a living and, and pay my rent, but this is also something I, I really want to do. Absolutely, yeah. I I've I thought a lot about this, and um, yeah. So I've kind of accepted um, that you know each gig. I usually, you know, uh, depending on the gig, usually I lose a little bit of sure. money each one, depending on each. You know, it's very rare that I'm like, wow, I made some money on this. Right. Um, however, yeah, the big band has just opened up a whole community for me that uh, I think that, uh, well, before I go into that, um, you know, there's the gig triangle, uh, money one side, uh, great music on the other, and then really fun yeah. on yeah, the yeah, other. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, it's rare, very rarely all of them. And the big band is so much fun for me. And, uh, I, I spend so much time writing the music. And so I've got those two. And, um, that just, I always look forward to it because it's just a chance for me to, uh, you know, it's super artistically fulfilling and something that, uh, you know, you don't get as much, especially out of school because again, you know, you're trying to pay bills and stuff like that. So you might be taking gigs that you wouldn't have, uh, or maybe, didn't have uh, at the time because you weren't um, hustling as much, but um, yeah. So I look at it as more of a chance for me to play music. And so I do other stuff that helps fund it. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's so much fun and I've had so much fun doing it over the years. And then going into my other idea was it, this whole project has actually opened up so many doors for me and has probably paid for itself in those experiences because people hire me to write music for them. Um, and I have a blast doing that. Uh, I've done clinics and stuff like that about big room writing and stuff. So there's it all, there's, it, it's all a means to an end. Um, and 
you never know what is going to pay off at the end, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, I guess uh, we've talked a little bit about what you're doing now, but where, what, what's your background? I know you're from UNT and, and now you're in the city I, yeah. up in New York, but yeah. you're originally from Nashville, right? I am. Yeah. So how yeah, did that happen? Was... How did that, how did that, uh, cause I'm in Nashville now and I've seen the, the, oh, no. the, the jazz scene that's going on and whatnot. Um, and yeah. I'm very curious how a student in public education here yeah. got, you were like, I'm going to do jazz and, and you, you yeah. push to UNT, you know, because it's not, you know, it's certainly growing and there's definitely support for it here, but it's right. no Chicago jazz support or, or it's right. no, you know, right. whatever, you know? So how did that happen for you? Yeah. Where did it, uh, where, where did it take you? Yeah. So I, I grew up playing Irish Celtic music fiddle that old music. And, uh, I still have a huge passion for that. And I'm actually working on a couple charts for fiddle right now. But, um, so I grew up doing that and, uh, my dad played trumpet, not professionally, uh, but he played in this big band in Nashville and, um, it was got a, a group of semi-professionals and there were a couple of professionals that would play as well. And I grew up listening to them and, um, my uncle had a trombone in his basement that he'd use a really nice King four B trombone. Uh, and I started playing that and I just loved it and I loved playing and I would always go to my dad's rehearsals. You know, I would take lessons with band members, all this stuff for years and years. And then, um, my album is actually dedicated to the leader of this specific band because, uh, he gave me so many opportunities and was so, uh, just like any question I would have, he would always answer with, you know, just un unbelievable amounts of support um, in high school. And he let me play with the Blair um, big band. So I get to start playing with them. He made up a chair for me. I kind of sat in between <laughs> third trombone and bass trombone. And I kind of played lead parts down octave or double the bass drum, but he just let me yeah. play. And it was amazing. Um, and, and then I was looking at schools and I had um, just, I got to New York and I, I realized that I needed needed some more time before I headed up to the Big Apple because uh, I just needed to get some stuff together. So North Texas was there and I tried out there and I loved the faculty. It was very affordable, which was was a really big thing. The you know the scholarships work as you get in state tuition, so it's just was just seemed like the most sense for me and that uh, super great school got all. Uh, got some stuff together, and um, then I went to uh, Mad School Music. So that was my move to New York um, about five and a half years ago, which is crazy because it feels like, like just like last yeah. year. <laughs> Do you? And here I am. But let's talk about that. That move to New York. Um, mm -hmm. I will. Don't think yeah. there is a jazz. Okay, I won't say that. There are probably a very few jazz musicians that don't feel some urge or no like necessity to move to new york right um mm -hmm. how do you think that lies now because it's certainly easier to not have to move to new york yeah. nowadays with like technology and right. the scene having spread out and everything right. but where does your opinion lie on that yeah i i'm sure there's so many different opinions and uh i i, I don't necessarily think it's even black and white issue like i don't like like you should go or you shouldn't go um, because what you said, like the world's becoming smaller because, um, you know, there's people that sit in the, you know, 
middle of nowhere, I can make a living playing music by just uploading yeah. YouTube videos. I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, you can live anywhere now. Um, New York, uh, I'm really thankful that I've experienced New York um, because the the level is so high here um, that just any gig that you play, you're going to be playing with people that are just unbelievably good at their, their instruments and are extremely passionate and just uh, that inspiration and level of mastery, I, I think is so just amazing to be around constantly, like 24 hours a day. You're just always, everything that you do is just top notch people. And it's really hard not to get better in that environment, no. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just a one-off gig. You'll just be playing like a cocktail hour for a wedding and it's just, you know, he will be calling these crazy tunes and you, you know, it's great. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that it, the level is just so high that um, it, it's just so great. Uh, it's everything that you would want uh, if you were, you know, just trying to be as best as you can be, just trying to surround yourself with people that are better than you, that are, that um, are really always working, improving and learning and stuff like that. It's just really inspiring place right. to be. So you, you've been in the city for five years, I think you said now. Making that, yes, making yes. the vibe, yep. you know, which is killing, you know, it hasn't scared you mm -hmm. off yet by any means. Uh, <laughs> and yet. then you decided to do this record, man. What is, um, yeah. what, what's the, what's the goal of it? You know, what, what, what made you want to do it? I know what you were talking about earlier, uh, the dedication of it and, and everything, you yeah. know, like speak, uh, speak a little bit into that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I had wanted to do a record for a long time and I, didn't think I was quite ready with the music. I think that's uh, always everyone, uh, not, uh, not everyone. Some people feel like I'm not just quite not ready, you know, like just need some more rewrites of this chart and stuff like that. <clears throat> and it got to a point where I was like, okay, you know, this needs to happen <laughs> this year. <laughs> uh, so I booked the session and it happened. I, the, the charts I'd written over um, three years, about three years. So three hours, three years of work, uh, and rewriting these charts. And, um, I had always wanted to do a big band record first. Um, cause it's literally the only reason that I'm playing music at this point are big bands. Like I had played big bands growing up, North Texas, big bands, MSM, big band, started a big band. And so I felt like that was just really me. Um, and so that, that's, was kind of the thought process behind this. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy uh, to be putting this out this year. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Finally happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that can sound like a relief. You know, I it, it's mm -hmm. it's been uh, stressful enough, you know, to get out a good big band chart, let alone an entire record. Yeah, chart, and then the logistics of recording a record, and you know, man, that's yeah. so. What are some things? Because this is the first project that you've led as a recording session, right? Yeah. Yes. It okay. Is. Yes. Looking back on it, you know, what, uh, what, what did you learn from it that you're like, when I do this second time around, we're doing this differently. You know, maybe some of those uh, tips you would give to someone and be like, Hey, look, I, this, this is not the way to do this. There's a better way. Definitely. Um, I was really thankful that I did a whole series of videos. Um, so uh, we did two summers in a row. We did uh, probably, seven, seven videos. And so I got a kind of like 
test the water and see how all this worked. And I was really glad I did that because, um, you know, again, 17 people in a room, you're recording them. Um, it's a lot of logistics to get together. It's so much more than just the music at that point, you know? Um, so this most recent session, I had done it twice. I had booked set, I booked a big band. We had rehearsed, we had done videos. And, um, so I had that under my belt. Um, what I did was I sat down with three or four people who had just went through this process and I had just basically wrote down any tips they'd had, um, their experiences, um, what basically what I'm telling you now, like what, what to do and what not to do. Um, so I had all this information that I had picked up from, from them and I, it went really well. I was really, it went so smoothly and I was, everyone made it so easy for me. Like the musicians that played were, um, were really happy to be there. Um, you know, everyone had looked at their parts beforehand. So the rehearsal was very easy. Um, the session went very smoothly. Some things that, um, I learned from the process, um, was the takes and with the big band are really important. The energy I think is, is one of the most important things. Um, just getting a take that has the right energy is more important than necessarily a take that everyone never misses yeah. a note. Uh, that was one thing I learned listening back. It was like the take that I thought everyone played the best wasn't necessarily the take that I used for the record. Uh, it was the energy that was the most important thing because uh, yeah, like a note here and there is not a big deal. It's the whole vibe of the, the chart that makes a difference. Um, uh, the just stru structuring the, the big man session is that less time is better, you know, um, especially if you're well rehearsed It's just because, you know, like, especially I'm the brass player, you play, uh, and you yeah. play trumpet. But yeah. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> the, you've got a limited right, amount of time, you know, and, and, and just running things over and over and over again as diminishing returns. So like organizing your session, figuring out which charts are going to be most challenging, which ones are going to be the, the one that people need to concentrate the most on and kind of organizing that way is really, really important. Um, and almost impossible to do perfectly. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but just, just taking into consideration that aspect of it was really helpful for me. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a good point that I think is like the first time like your advice about, uh, you know, when you're, when you're scheduling like a, a rehearsal or, or a session about thinking yeah. uh, of the charts, like in focus and, in like physical demanding yeah. and that is, mm -hmm. that's probably the first thing that I think clicks for somebody, you know, they'll set up an entire rehearsal and yeah. then they put some Thad Jones chart dead last. And then it, it they just, like, <laughs> well, why did this not go great? And it's like, okay, man, <laughs> hold on. Right. Um, yeah. Man, that's awesome. So, you know, curveball question here. What do you do yeah. that's not music? Like, what is your escape from this world? Oh, Where I think we just spend so much time doing it. It's more difficult to find something we don't. You yeah. Know? Definitely. Great question. Um, I've struggled with that. I'm definitely music all the time. And uh, I, I love listening to music. I love playing music. I love writing music. So very happy in that world. However, um, I have found that, you know, sometimes, especially in New York and probably some other major cities as well, 
uh, it could just get to be like, oh my gosh, okay, that's this is too much. Like I got to do something else. So I found that uh, I, exercise is really helpful for me, and I've been doing that for a long time. It's just making time to to get away. I usually don't even have my phone uh, on, or I'm usually just you know whatever being away from all that world and um, just exercising. And that's been super helpful. Um, my wife and I usually take vacation a year, getting away and doing something, going somewhere interesting and learning about new stuff. Um, I love reading, um, anything like that. Uh, gosh. But yeah, the, the most consistent thing for me would, was just going yeah. to the gym. <laughs> and uh, some people I know are like, it's, it's boring, but for me, it's just, it's, and, and I love the boringness yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's simple. It's like, you're lifting a heavy thing. You're running from here to there. No, I got you completely. Yes. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. Which, you know, probably helps with carrying all those books to a big band it yeah it is helpful i know. think people underestimate how heavy <laughs> with 18 books of uh, big man music can get yeah. i yeah i used to keep all the music in the folders that i had and i wish i'd weighed my backpack at the peak of that because yeah it would probably be <laughs> yeah very heavy <laughs> well uh look seth thank you so much for coming on um i don't know exactly yeah. when this podcast is going to come out but i know you got a new single tomorrow uh, on March 10th yes, and then the yeah. album is coming out on the 27th. Um, do you have videos, Absolutely. more videos that are coming out too? Uh, we do not have videos on this okay. specific project. Um, what else is coming up for the band? You got, uh, when's your next, uh, show coming up yeah. for the band? I know you got the monthly residency sale. Uh, what, what's coming up for you? Yes. We've got a big show on April 5th at Birdland. Uh, in New York City, and we're playing the uh, Sunday evening performance from five thirty to seven. All right, guys. Well, if you're in New York, you know, go yeah. go to Birdland, check out the big band. I'm sure it's going to be a killing show. Uh, It'll yeah, be super you fun. know, you'll hear some singing, <laughs> you'll hear some trombone playing, I fiddle playing, maybe because Seth does awesome. it all, man. Uh, <laughs> well, look, man. Thanks for so much for coming on. Uh, congrats on the release. You know, thank you. Hope, uh, hope the next one goes just as uh, easily or even smoother.